You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your one true host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Oh boy, we have such I feel like there is some update to be had on the true host front to be to be had in a second. But let me first ask you before we forget for a corny joke. Hey! Oh, hey, look at you. Look yeah. at you remembering stuff. I'm remembering. I'm just the other guy here, whatever. The other host does have to have, you know, their responsibilities and you prompting me to deliver a good corny joke. That's right. You know, that's, yeah. that's one of them. We'll just get on with it, Ben. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Oh, I had so many that I liked today. How many apples grow on a tree? How many apples grow on a tree? This is not like a, like a bushel. I don't know. How many apples grow on a tree? All of them. Uh, that's more like a riddle uh, than a joke, I feel like. That's one of those <laughs> like clever questions you get when you're in elementary school. Like, what side of a chicken do the feathers grow on? The outside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the other one is, why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It had no leg. (laughs) Close. It was too tired. Oh, too tired. I get it. Yeah. I I said leg. I was thinking kickstand. I was like, yeah, bike legs. Bike legs. (laughs) (laughs) Kickstands are, the the further you get into biking, the like when when I was a kid, I thought a kickstand was like neat, you yeah, know, like like that right. was like a cool accessory. accessory. Yeah, that your bike might have. W- when you get into like the world of like you know cycling, right? Like serious, like yeah. Nobody, nobody would ever have a kickstand on their bike. Like it, the entire objective of all bicycles at some point in time is to make them as light as humanly possible, and the idea of unnecessarily <laughs> applying weight would be so counter. True, I would argue that as a kid. A kickstand is really useful because you're often parking it in places just around and it's preferable to having your child throw their bike on the ground. Maybe maybe that's really like what the, the invention of kickstands was for. Because when I was a kid, I had no issue. I even like remember, like I feel like I would have muscle memory for the idea of rolling up, stepping off my bike as I leaned it over and just like leaving it on its side. Yeah. And then oh, walking yeah. away. No problem. I feel like our dad must have been more savvy to the fact that kickstands on adult Adult bikes are not cool and not necessary and frowned upon. So I don't think, do we, I don't, I don't recall ever having a kickstand on any bike I ever owned. I did eventually. Oh, you did? I did eventually, yeah. But Mm. I was, I was like little Mr. Accessory. You were an accessory. Yeah. Just junkie. I was. It was just like, it was one of these things. I remember I gave a speech to my fifth grade class on my mountain bike, which looking back on it probably made me the most despised kid in the class. Look how great my mountain bike is. (laughs) My Gary Fisher mountain bike. 
bell probably not <laughs> no yeah none of those things but it had like a lizard skin which is this like piece of neoprene like velcro that goes over around like where the chain might rub up against the frame mm. and you know i had that so you protected the frame from the chain and a kickstand and, and a kickstand and climbing bars on the side for all that hardcore climbing i was doing as the, a child the yeah. willises across the street driveway right <laughs> Yes. Wow. Wow. What? And I feel like your scooter had a bunch of aftermarket things. Did you have light up wheels and a wheelie bar? It and had, well, so yours had a wheelie bar, but yours came, I feel like, factory with a wheelie bar. I think bar. mine had... I don't want to brag. My Razor scooter had shocks. It, it did. <laughs> Which is to say it had, I feel like, what looked like springs on it. I think that's exactly, <laughs> it's just the frame in the shape of springs. Yeah. Like, like ha- this was not offering you any smoother a ride. Right, right. I feel like we've talked about this maybe when I sold all my Pokemon cards. Yeah. I bought my first ever Razor scooter, mm-hmm. but it was it was all red. And by the time I was done with it, I had I had light up wheels. I had the wheelie bar. I had a custom grip tape. Changed the handle grips <laughs> to green. Custom grip tape on your scooter. The, oh, it was the best because the Razor scooters had this like uh, long oval that you could stand on yeah. for your grip tape. I got the one that covered the whole thing. So yeah. you were grippy any which way you were standing you on could, it. You could rip a trick from anywhere on that, any, on that I, stand pad. I could bunny hop, man. I, I could clear a curve. I think nothing made me feel cooler than being able to do bunny hops and jumps on my scooter like oh look because you would you just watch all these all like a bunch of tv and like extreme sports and stuff yeah and yeah. the ability to the be extremely air- goofy movie i know what you're saying right and so the ability to be airborne on roller skates or a skateboard or a bike seemed like so epic it did that was that was the height if you could if you could be on this thing but off the ground my goodness and it but you know what's really easy to do it on a scooter yeah because a scooter your hands remain on yes yes you get to you get to hold the thing as you leap into the air but glorious four to seven inches i know it felt so cool i felt like i could and who knows i felt like i could get some pretty solid distance you know on my on my scooter that's how it felt although i really I, I have no idea i feel like scooters even in the world of extreme sports it seems like they've maybe made a bit of a comeback i've seen more more people around my my neighborhood mm-hmm. still cruising on the old razors oh there are so many scooters in my neighborhood oh yeah yeah you do there live are, in a pretty suburban neighborhood. I live in a pretty suburban neighborhood. There are kids on all varieties of scooters, some of which have two wheels in the front, one in the back. I'm not a fan of that one. No, yeah. No, who would I, be? Yeah. Some of them, I saw a little girl yesterday on a motorized Razor scooter. I think it was called the Razor 3600. Wow. I could, I'm just quoting it. But it had, I mean, she was standing on it and just like revving it up, you know, just zipping around. Can we get one? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. I'm, they're pro- they're Available for purchase. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of that much. Yeah, that's amazing. That's now, amazing. Although I've got, I've been riding my boosted board around the neighborhood. Yeah, how's that recently. going? Well, let me tell you, it turns a lot of heads. I'm, I bet, I bet that it does. <laughs> People are like, wait a minute, what's that? That's cool. Like that, you can tell. But I, you know, I don't want to like stop. Do, do any of them ask where your parents live? No. Okay, no. that's good. That's Some good. of them have recognized me after the fact and been like, oh, not on your skateboard today? And I'm like, no, not right now. But okay. Yeah. Some okay. of the some of the children recognize, of course, immediately what it is. Right, yeah. 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 They watch but Casey Neistat. At yeah. <laughs> Probably not. But as ever, I can never tell if people can tell that it's motorized. Like certainly it makes like the high pitch like weeing sound. Right. But there's always part of me that just wonders if they're watching you go and they're like, man, I just never, 
I never realized how effective and fast skateboards could move. Oh my gosh. Well, you know? yeah, no, I, I remember, and I don't even know if this was, a, I, to what extent this was a thing or not, but we used to do, we had like season tickets for Virginia Tech football games. Yeah. And I remember the first time I ever saw somebody on a one wheel Yeah. and they were like, we were, I mean, it was a relatively flat parking lot, but slightly inclined. And I remember this guy comes by me and he's rolling so quietly and he's just like going uphill on it. And I'm like, right. is there some type of weird physics thing that like the engineering department here, like, you know, made this, like they use a single go-kart wheel and they attach it to these things. And if you balance it just right, like it can actually roll uphill. Like my mind's like going into like this complex arena of physics, right? which is of course not not possible but um that in my mind it was like surely that's it there's no way there's a motor that, inside of that wheel thing. that's the thing i've always wondered because we used to ride our our boosted boards yeah like from our office to downtown to get lunch sometimes and you know when you're just riding next to people on like on flat ground right you know if it was just me and i had no idea that motorized skateboards existed i would probably stare at that person and be like man they have got some there must be some cool form you can do on a skateboard that propels it sort of endlessly right. yeah that doesn't involve you taking your feet off of it like that that's where i think i would jump first rather than oh it's got a motor yeah no i'm right there yeah. with you completely um and I, i've even actually had this there's a guy in my neighborhood who he is on a standard skateboard as far as i'm aware okay um but his dog will run out in front of him and literally drag him on his skateboard like like around corners through all the stuff and every time this kid goes by i'm like i feel like i try to get every single dog we've ever had to drag me on a device in a way that was going to be like, you know, Balto or something, you know, like sled dog. Togo, I believe is who you mean. Togo, is yeah. it the, okay, I see. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But this guy does it and, and it's not like, you know, that one time you saw him do it and he's like a teenager who wanted to see if his dog could like do this. Right. It's every day. It's every day. This and, happens. Right. And so maybe it's a powered skateboard and I'm not realizing it, but it looks like a regular skateboard and right. his dog just takes him everywhere. That's interesting. It is. Like, it, is. it seems like going downhills would be a problem. It does feel that way. Yeah. But maybe he's got it figured out. Maybe he's got it sorted. Mm, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. You want to know the other thing about speaking of childhood means of locomotion? Is that yeah. the right way to say that? That works. People will know what you mean. Okay. The baseball card in the bike spokes thing with the clothespin. So dumb. Oh, I was always so disappointed with my results on it. Like, <laughs> like it takes very little bicycle riding before that baseball card is so flimsy that it no longer makes right. the desired noise. Yeah. And the clothespin, not very strong. Yeah. Like, you know, clothespins are, are rather weak devices. <laughs> the desired noise, which is, again, just more annoying. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what is it supposed to look like? You're, you're pedaling around a motorcycle? <laughs> People can see you pedaling. Who are you fooling? Uh, I never did that. I was like, I, I, it was such a thing in so many cartoons, I feel like. That yes. People would, the, the characters in the shows would put the yeah, like a baseball card in there and ride around like it was the coolest thing. Which one, when I think back on it, I feel like they put like rare baseball cards, which is not a real thing because it was a cartoon. So there's, sure. you know, but it'd be like, oh, this is my, this is my favorite baseball player. I'm going to put him in there. And I'm like, no, that's the, why would you put him? No, You're going to no. ruin it. Don't put him in there. Come it's on. Gonna, it's going to be so messed up. Uh, oh, it always was. Mm. It always was. Anyway. What else are we talking about today? But we have, we have a lot going on. Okay, so one thing I want to, I want to check up on you on. You're currently walking 10,000 steps 
a day, correct? Mm. What's your current count? Oh, current count. I'm behind today. Presently, as I check my watch, I'm at 3,800 steps and it's five o'clock in the afternoon. Man, so you've been doing too much boosted boarding. I have not done any boosted boarding today. I thought I was going to be uh, getting ahead a little because I was playing with Luke today in the basement and uh, I was just sort of like running little laps back and forth. Right. Which he eventually was just like, run. And he was <laughs> running with me. And I was like, man, this was good. I got in. I got in a bunch of steps nice and early when I otherwise would have definitely just been sitting. But since then, not doing good. I'm going to have to go on quite a walk this evening. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's yeah. the that's the tricky thing is that if you you really need to be on it early. Right. Okay. So this, this I feel like, was somewhat spawned by the Markiplier video where he walked 100,000 steps. Or right. Attempted to. He attempted to. I, I think basically in his home. Was so. That, was that part of it? Or was like was he was he allowed to go pl- other places? Oh, yeah. He could go wherever he wanted. I think he just had an idea one night and was like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and do this in his perfect voice. Yes. Amazing voice, Markiplier. If you're listening, if you're a little colonel, I doubt it. But hey, what's up? (laughs) Man, we'd love to work together. Big fan. Big fan. (laughs) Big fan. Very cool. But so, yeah, I watched that video the other day. He's trying to walk 100,000 steps. And apparently that's like a thing other people tried to do. It's like a challenge that's on YouTube or whatever. And I saw it and I was like, I feel like I could do this. I could do 100,000 steps. For certainly. For certainly. Certainly I could. Given a little bit of planning, how hard could it be? Because in my mind, I was like, you always hear the phrase 10,000 steps thrown around. Yes. Like, like, and so I think maybe the way people throw it around is that that's the number you should strive for every day. But in my mind, it's just become so mixed in with all the other facts about steps and pedometers that it was like, that's about the average number of steps people walk a day is 10,000. Sure, sure. That was that was my mind in my mind. A headcanon. Okay, headcanon. Love it. Not really, not really accurate. But it's closer to about 5,000 is about where I was, is my regular average, just so, looking back at the history on my phone. So that's about what you would do. So 5,000 steps is about what you would do in your like process of getting up in the morning, brushing your teeth, walking out to the mailbox, yeah. like coming All, to the yeah. office, that type of thing. Right, walking just regular lunch. walking around sort of stuff. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm probably already getting about 10,000 to begin with, right. whatever. And that's without even trying. So if I put in a little bit of effort, it'd probably be pretty easy to get to like 20,000. Sure. No issue. Uh, and maybe even 30 with some like dedicated effort. Right. Like right? maybe going to run that day. Yeah. going No problem. And if I only had to like triple that effort, yes, obviously very difficult. But for a single day, I could do it. Yeah. I could do it. How hard could it be? Like it seems like 10,000 steps in a single day seems so feasible that even though you're multiplying it by 10, I was like, I could do this. <laughs> That's not I bad. I absolutely do it. How how many miles would be 100,000 steps? It's about 50. <laughs> 50? <laughs> it's about 50. That's like 20 more than I was expecting you to say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, agreed. Same. I was like, yeah, What? what's it, what, it going to be like? A lot? Like 20 miles? 25 miles? So you could run a marathon and still not hit this goal. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, ha- you almost have to double marathon it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so there's a lot of obstacles. So not only, I think I still would have tried it just to see how far I could get in a sure. single day. Yeah. But there's a bunch of weird obstacles you have to contend with. Well, that I'm contending with at the moment. Number one is that we have uh, three kids under the age of three. So, Bravo. So, that's a lot of work. But that means this this would be clearly an all-day endeavor oh, yeah, that you're sure. going to be doing. So I would be unavailable to assist with said children all day. Right. Right. 
That's problem number one. Problem number two is that if you just want to break down, it put it into like a more impossible sounding terms. There are, I think like 86,000 seconds in a day. So not, not even enough seconds. <laughs> there's, there's not there. Yeah. You'd be taking, Does that count sleeping? Yeah. That's 24 hours. So sleeping is okay. So assuming you sleep during this 24 hour span, yeah. you still don't have enough seconds per steps in a day. Assuming you don't sleep. Right. You don't have enough seconds per steps. So you're going to be, you're, you're only going to be awake. I mean, even if you stay awake extra, right. you're probably not going to be awake for the full 24 hours. Probably not. On top of that, the sleep I would be getting, not that great right now. Yeah, that adds up. That adds up. Yeah. Two twins. Because of the, yeah, yes, two twins. And then on, on top of top of that is not just that you'd be out of commission for the first day, but almost certainly you're going to be out of commission the following day, if not also the next day. Right, right. Yeah, this is this is going to affect like half of your week. <laughs> right, right. So it, it, it felt, even though I'm pretty sure I could do it. I could mean, you? I mean, could you? Yeah. <laughs> you don't think I could off the couch 100,000 steps? All I can think about is that, and, and this is the only measure that I have of, of extraordinary daily walking because I pay attention to it when, when I go, is when I go to Disney, I feel like I usually put down like 22,000 steps in a day mm -hmm. and my feet are destroyed. Very, yes, accurate. Like, I, I would say that the, the greatest challenges of going to, to Disney are... The heat yeah. and the foot pain. Heat and the feet. Heat and feet. Heat and the feet. And so it's like it's a if classic you could, hot foot problem. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, so if, if I could find a way to have neither of those things be a problem, Disney World is the perfect place. Right. So it's interesting you brought up Disney World because uh, I've, I had to revive my Apple Watch so that I could do this because I wanted to be able to, at a glance, check my step count. Yeah, for sure. And I always hear about the, you know, people like, fill your rings or whatever. Mm -hmm. It felt so obvious to me that one of the rings was steps, but it's not. Which really? is so annoying to me. Not only is it not, but even though your Apple Watch will track your steps as part of the health activity function of it, yeah. there's no way for it to display the steps to you at a glance. You have to like click the rings, scroll down and check. So what are you doing right now? So I had to install a third party pedometer, oh. which then you can add as a, I don't know why they chose this word, a complication. <laughs> You're kidding to me. your screen. So on the bottom, I've got my pedometer app displaying my steps. But even then, it's not, it doesn't update like in super real time. Like if, if I let it go long enough, it will eventually sync up again. But it's not like every 10 seconds it's refreshing or something. Oh, I see. I, if I really want an accurate thing, I have to open it, scroll to the app on the phone, and then give it a tap. And it'll give me my official number, which uh, right now, 3,889. So this is super making me want to get an Apple Watch specifically so I can do this kind of step counting. Yeah. Well... I would recommend if you're gonna if if you specifically want to do step counting, I wouldn't go straight for the Apple Watch. Oh, there are other I'd ways. probably get like a Fitbit, a Fitbit, or a Fuel Band, or just a straight up just pedometer. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I could see where that would have its yeah. merits. Yeah, the fact I I happen to already own the Apple Watch, and I will tell you, even just getting it to the point, it was so frustrating getting here because I was like, okay, once I get it all updated, I'll be able to just check my steps at a glance. But just getting it to that point was so frustrating. Because I don't typically wear my Apple Watch very much. Sure. And so I had to like bring, I had to like revive it basically. And I had this whole problem where one, of course, you have to install a bazillion updates and that takes 
forever. And I had to charge it all the way back up to 100, which took a while. And then it turns out I'd gotten a new phone. So the watch was paired with the thing that doesn't exist anymore. Right. And that I had to like erase all the data and get it back. It took like five hours just to get to the point where I realized it wouldn't be able to tell me my steps at a glance. Oh. Which, which I then had to solve third party wise. This sounds like <clears throat> such a classic you problem. I yeah. can't even believe it. Like, I feel like you always go through these things where it's like, so I solved that problem, then I solved that problem, then I solved that problem, and it turns out it doesn't work anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going through a lot of these at the moment. I think. Okay, I think I think that this is maybe a thing with all of us just being at home. And I, t tell me if you think maybe this is possible. But like, because you're interacting with stuff at home so much more because you're always home, more stuff is inclined to either break or become problematic because it is literally being used more often. I think you're, I think you've got half of the right answer. Half of the right answer. Okay, go ahead. I think when you're not using stuff, it falls into disrepair, but because we're at home, you're discovering the disrepair on everything at the same time. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah because that's been, I, I've actually had this problem across the board. Like for the most part, for, for one, I've had a bunch of stuff that just feels like it's consistently, not really like breaking in a major way, but like I keep having to go and like tweak something mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is because I'm just like moving about so much more and you know interacting with the home and stuff but the other thing is i feel like i've noticed so many more things about my house that just annoy me oh no where it's like normally i love my house yeah i've had this situation where like i keep walking into rooms and there's like a little bit of like dust on the baseboards and i'm like that dust that you know what i just want to go in and rip out the baseboards and replace the baseboards because of that dust you know it's like it's like that's literally these conclusions that i keep coming to because one i have a surplus of time and two i have an increased surplus in frustration with dust oh i see so it's it's like i'll see it and i'm just like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now's the day this is the it the only You're way to solve down. this is to go to to go to the the home store and buy like 457 feet of baseboard right and a pry bar and a nail gun and a nail gun all the stuff gotta be prepared <laughs> and take everything apart and redo all the baseboards <laughs> so that the dust will go away yeah like it just won't accumulate again it won't it's like i don't understand why to me that feels like a more okay solution than just like cleaning the baseboards right but it's like no they're beyond repair they cannot be cleaned dude i 100 percent know what you mean it's it's weird how certain things will jump out of at, at you as the thing you should work on. Like my house, I mean, complete, complete disaster zone at the moment, which is just how, just Again, how it is. Twins. Just how it is when you have a two year old and then newborns and they're spitting up on everything. Right. And in the meantime, your two year old is getting a hundred toys out and pulling every book off the shelf. And he'll like flip through them and read them, but he doesn't put it back. And then there's on the floor and whatever. But I will also, I'll like look at like the windowsill and be like, there's a lot of dust on that windowsill. It's like the whole house is a disaster. I'm like, I gotta, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wiping that up right now. I, this I can fix. <laughs> it's like, I have control over this. I can get rid of this dust permanently. <laughs> Why is that such a thing? Like, I, I feel like this manifests in the strangest of ways, but, but when people don't have control over something, they have to find something to have control over. Yeah. And I feel like this is probably one of those things that, I, that I'm sure comes up in counseling all the time where like you become a control freak over, over something because of a lack of control somewhere else, right? Right. That's yeah. An understandable that's that's thing. how it is. You want control over something. Right. Yeah. And so for you, it's the dust. It's, I mean, to, to a degree that, that I will, I will try and pick up certain things. Yeah. But I will also, like you said, sometimes it seems more reasonable to just like, man, I'm going to buy, I'm just going to buy all these baseboards. Oh, and just like completely that. replace it. Yeah. It's like, I've got a lawnmower right now, which does not function. Yeah. And it's, 
you're right. Like probably repairing the lawnmower, much cheaper option in my mind. It's like, just be way, just be way easier. Just go buy a new lawnmower. Just get a lawnmower. Yeah, then just I don't have to deal with this one that doesn't work. doesn't work. Right. But, no. you know, repairing a lawnmower, it's like, I don't even know where you go to repair a lawnmower. And there's this quarantine and I don't know how to, am I allowed to go take it? It feels like it's going to take forever. It does. You know, I, I agree with you. I think that because of all like everything that's going on and, and basically being, you know, pretty closed in, it does pose interesting problems. And that's the same thing with me and my baseboards. It's like, you know, it's like, if only I could go and buy new baseboards. Right. It's kind of like part of where my mind circulates around. It's like, oh, that would be so, so perfect. Like yeah. I could, I could solve it forever. But my issue with that is right now I have like a home gym because part of the thing you can't do mm. during all this of course is go to the gym right and so I have a home gym and I, it's been like this thing that like I sort of half-heartedly put together in my attic of all place, yeah. places like I built like my rock wall so I can like do rock climbing up there mm -hmm. and stuff and do so you I have, use that every once in a while yeah yeah, yeah. mostly I have a pull-up bar up there that I that I do frequently use right it seems like if you built your own rock wall you probably just get all the routes down pretty quick yeah though I think really what I found very quickly is that I'm not very good at setting routes oh, okay and so it's like i i feel like whenever i'm trying to set them i'm trying to set them so that i know i can do it and then it doesn't feel like that much of a challenge right because you know that you can do it so like in rock climbing basically this was a big thing the first time i ever went rock climbing actually is i was convinced that when i got there i was like i kind of just want to play on the wall like i don't really want to like go and do the color coded like you know the the v1 right and climb like the red route all the way to the top i was like i just want to i just want to mess around and then like within being at the gym for like 13 minutes it's like oh no i want to try this v0 and yeah. This one. And, well, because that yeah. becomes everything. Yeah, that is, that is how it works. I can only imagine, yeah, the, the struggle of trying to set your own routes because, of course, you want to set it so that you can do it. And then if you can't do it, you're probably just like, I'd probably just set a bad route. It, yeah. I just set an impossible route. It's, it's, not, it's not me. It's not doable. It is <laughs> not doable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you need someone better than you setting the route so that you can go and, and have faith that the route will work. But anyway, so up there, I have like all of my like weightlifting stuff and all these weights and, and it's like okay-ishly set up. Like I, I would not go quite so far as to say I have like a home gym, but I have a way to exercise at home if right. I really wanted to. So the first few days of quarantine, I went up there and I was like, okay, like I'm gonna do squats, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And I was like, I hate this. I hate working out up here. It's like there are no windows and it's dark and there's only two light bulbs and it's not that fun. And- You described our actual gym also, by that the is, way. That is true. Our, <laughs> our actual gym is in a basement where there are no windows yeah. and there are like eight light bulbs. So that's been like this stupid hang up I've been having where I have this spot outside of my house, like next to, like in between my driveway and my home. And it's this like 12 by 12 square. And, and for the past like two years, I've been like, I'm going to build an outdoor gym out there. That's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. And what I've really needed to do is like pour a concrete pad. So I have like a space to do it. And I'm not like weightlifting on grass mm -hmm. and you know, it's nice and even and all that. But I'm like so transfixed right now on this idea of going out there and building this home gym. That it's like, well, I can't exercise until right. I've built my outdoor home gym, yeah. which involves pouring a concrete pad, which I've never done before. Yeah. You know, so then of course I'm like, okay, so I need, I'm like calculating how many bags of concrete I'm going to have to have delivered. I'm trying to figure out how to get a concrete mixer there so I can be mixing concrete and doing all this stuff. And I think really what's happening is not that I want an outdoor gym so much as I'm like infatuated with being interested in solving the problem of how to have a gym that I want to work out in. Right. And so when it really comes down to it, like I am full aware that I'm conning myself into being interested in something mm -hmm. that I can just be excited about. Right. Which is a weird, weird problem that I think is completely a like byproduct of the current climate. Right. You know, like you're, you're stuck at home. You can't go anywhere. 
you have no resources to do like to like you know that you can go even get to do new things right so you're constantly just doing this weird reinvention of your space right oh this is this is probably the problem with working out too is that you know it's going to be a lot of effort yeah to go work out right and because like when you're at when you go to the gym or you have like a trainer or something there is a certain obligation to your membership like oh i'm paying for it so i better go work out yeah or i'm paying this guy to help me so i should do what he says and it's not all self-motivation but right now that's where you're at you have all of the means but you know it's just gonna be hard yeah and not only that you have to do it in a two light bulb attic where there's no airflow or anything it's like oh it's just gonna be terrible so it's like you just hype yourself into like you come up with every excuse to why you just shouldn't do it but then you're also upset that you're not working out but you're like well i can't though because you know because exactly (laughs) you know that problem yeah oh my gosh and it's so funny too because i would say under normal circumstances like prior to you know what what's been going on the big commodity that i always would talk about is like time it's like yeah like that is like the biggest thing i wish i had more time to spend with friends to you know go on date nights with ali to you know like master new hobbies do this that and the other and now it's like the exact opposite where it's like i have so much time (laughs) and you're not doing anything and i'm not doing anything like i'm not oh Um, i know i know exactly this problem so when i graduated college before i got like my regular my first full-time job yeah there was probably like a like a five month span there where i was just sort of living at home right like at that time i had started doing youtube i had like the jonkerlin channel the first one yeah and i had a lot of fun with it in college and where it was like i would do it in my spare time and i would always think about doing it like, okay, I need to finish this stuff so I can go work on that. Right. But then I found myself just living at our parents alone all day with endless time. And it was like, ah, it feels kind of irresponsible to be working on this. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was exactly. like, I, you know, I should be trying to get a real job. I, I shouldn't be putting all my eggs in this basket of the thing I want to do because it's not as realistic. It was like once, once I had the free time to do it, it was like, I don't know if I should be doing this. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like there's just so much to be said for this, like, uh, like, for scarcity I don't, I don't know why but like for me even i feel like whenever i'm like looking for something i always like to find like rare things yeah and it's like it's like like i just bought my second pair of like rare sneakers whoa yeah i know Look pretty cool you. i know found a great deal on ebay i was very excited i'm not wearing them right now i'm afraid to because they're white are you these... wearing your first pair of rare sneakers i am wearing my first pair of rare sneakers yeah can you describe them for the audience i can absolutely do that yeah okay. they're they're the nike dunk sb sneakers Okay. And they are the uh, burnished leather is what this particular like color pattern is called. I'm pretty sure these came out like in 2011 and I saw them on like a Nike ad or something somewhere along the way. And I was like, I want that. Like it's a, it's a pair of Nikes where they're completely leather, which I've always liked leather a lot. I feel like a lot of like stuff in my house is leather. And it, it took me until just here recently to learn that they were like, you know, part of this sneakerhead community where like they were released. All of them were bought, you know, like you would never go to a store to buy these sneakers. Like they were right. not on the shelves Ever. at at Foot Locker or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So there are a limited number of them, which means that, you know, since 2011, as I start hunting for them, you know, in the modern time, th- like finding a pair in your size, let alone at a reasonable price is almost impossible. It's like, right. it's like there can literally be like less than five of these left, you know, like right. people haven't either put them so in their collection where they're left to be untouched is as it, part of a collection. Shoes are so weird in that way that people collect them. Oh yeah. To not, that like they purchase them not to wear them. I know. Well, and that was, that was one of the things when I started like kind of getting, you know, like sucked into this idea. Uh, I was like, nope, 
If I get them, I'm going to wear them and it's going to like, and, and the thing is they do legitimately bring me like joy, right. which I think is kind of like the, the big question that uh, as time goes on, I always ask myself if I'm spending money on something is like, you know, does it make me happy? Yeah. And every single time I put these on or like half the time, I probably have 50 pictures of them in my phone where like I took them off the night before and then came downstairs the next morning and all the sunlight was like washing in. I'm like, man, those are such cool. Like, I'm going to take a picture of them. <laughs> so like I take pictures of my shoes. Do you have an Instagram page for your shoes? No, I do not have an Instagram no, page for my shoes. Currently, I only have two pairs of what I would consider quote unquote rare shoes. So just be a picture of those same shoes. Same shoes over and over, over, and, and, over, and, over and over again. It's getting slightly more worn out. <laughs> like right. as time goes on, yeah. it's like, this is what they looked like. New. You're like the worst shoe collector because you just use them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Eventually, like they will become so worn out that they that they no longer, you know, like I'll, I'll, like I will probably get to the point where it's like, nah, I don't really want to wear those anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they are too worn out. Man, I find that is largely uh, that's a weird thing as an adult with your shoes. When when you're a kid, you only have one pair of shoes. Yeah. Or that's how I don't know how what your experience was, listener. But at our house, it was like, yeah, these are your shoes. You have one pair of shoes and you wear them to everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, you wear the same pair of shoes to school every day. To, like, And it's very obvious. And doing this, they get worn out pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. And children are growing so fast anyway that they constantly need new shoes because right. of sizes. But it was like the only reason, like, but that was the reason you would, you know, you'd outgrow the shoes or you'd use them to their fullest extent because that was the only shoes you wore and you wore them everywhere. Right. But as an adult, you, I would say you're not really running around in the same way that you're running around as a kid. Right. It's so true. Like you're not, yeah. you're not going out like, yeah, like, you know, sprinting or playing pickup games or, you yeah. know, powering your, your Razor scooter. Right. And if you are, you probably have specific shoes you're wearing for like activity. Yeah. 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 But like I just, the number of activity based shoes I have is many. Yes. Right. But you know, I'm just wearing a pair of Toms right now and it feels like. It could take me a decade to wear them out. Oh, you sure. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Like, I, I don't know I'm ever going to decide these are just like when these are done and I just get rid of them. Right. But so every pair of shoes, that, the problem is then I have a lot of pairs of shoes. That, it's because shoes are fun. Shoes are fun. I feel like you could have, you could be dressed really in like a bunch of really cool clothes. And if you're wearing the wrong shoes, forget it. The whole outfit, oh, done. Totally done. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing too. This is advice I've given before. But if you want to know the best way to like make someone's day, the mm -hmm. secret, the secret is to be like, Love your shoes. Love your shoes. Because shoes are like, people use them as such an extension of their personality. I feel like even if you don't think you are, like, I feel like it, for some reason, there's such a personal choice. It's because you're going to have to wear them more often. Like even, even as an adult, like if, if you're a kid, you're wearing the same pair of shoes every day or yeah. whatever. As an adult, you're probably not wearing the exact same pair of shoes every single day, but you're probably only rotating in about three or four. Right. You know, so you are still going to be wearing that pair a lot, right. which is something you have to take into consideration when you're buying it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so that it is an extension because you're making a, a semi more, uh, what's the word, like permanent presentation of yourself than if you're wearing like a t-shirt where, oh, I wore that t-shirt one day. No big deal. Right. Like you have many more t-shirts per the, the category of clothing that are supposed to cover your upper torso. Yeah. Then you do things that are supposed to cover your feet. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Interestingly, actually, we, Allie and I talk about this all the time because when we first started talking, I was still doing all my aquarium stuff full time. Oh. 
And so at that point, like where I was career wise, I was literally like doing, I, I was always wearing like boots, mm. like not quite like work boots, but like hiking boots because they were waterproof. So like for a lot of the stuff that I did, it was sort of like they both protected my feet from like, you know, dropping a two by four. Right. Um, you know, but it, like easy enough to go around and move around a lot in and stuff like that. And the, like the pants that I wore were pants that had like a lifetime warranty because they were right. like so industrially made. Right. Um, and, and I would put them through the ringer. So I, Hallie and I talk about those all the time. But when we first started hanging out, very frequently when she was seeing me, it was like before or after work. And so I was always wearing these beat to heck pants and boots like the boots had holes visibly in them like <laughs> she could see your at, feet yeah bursting <laughs> at the seams like they were they were so so destroyed and it was one of these things i never really thought about because at the time i just like you know i wore it every day it was just exactly how i knew that i presented myself to the world so i was just sort of like yeah like this is sort of who i am and it's only been in the past like couple of months that she revealed to me that her first impression of me is that i was like a good old boy like oh. like she totally thought that which is pretty normal for our area like you know to be uh to have potentially grown up like working on a farm or, right you know potentially more rural areas and i think that that was very much what her perception of who i was like little did she know you were gonna steal her harry potter fandom she, she had no idea <laughs> she had no idea i was gonna swoop in and You're take like, it right from oh, her this farm boy he probably has only even heard of harry plopper or whatever <laughs> that harry potter yeah yeah no i think uh the i think it was because we were talking about shoes though is is the amount at which her initial impression was me this guy who like just took these boots and wore them until they were like dissolving mm -hmm. you know before your eyes to being this guy who's like carefully scouring like all of the websites including like poshmark you know where she right. sells tons of like dresses and stuff like that mm -hmm. uh for you know rare shoes rare shoes look at you look what you've become i know i know it's <laughs> It's really been an evolution. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Pop. 
popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash pop pop which wow that is a crazy offer 10 percent off a 400 slab pack that's like 40 dollars right there anyway that's arena club.com slash pop pop for 10 percent off your first purchase You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now we take a brief pause for the first ever sponsor of Popcorn Culture. Yes, and how fittingly that it is Vincero Watches. Vincero Watches. Yeah, Vincero has been a super longtime supporter of the YouTube channel, Super Carlin Brothers. We've yeah. done lots of work with them over there. They were very excited to work with us with Popcorn Culture now that we've got it up and running with episode 20. So guys, we want to tell you about the watches today because Vincero does this thing that solved a problem for me that with watches I've always had. What was the problem? The problem was I always wanted an expensive looking watch. Yeah. But I absolutely never wanted to spend 
expensive rates. Like I never wanted to buy like a Rolex. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think I, I was always, it was always one of these things where I, I really wanted to have that, like that, that accessory as part of my, you know, my outfit, my look. I remember as a kid, we would go on these field trips, like with the class, like Washington DC or New York city. And part of the real excitement of going was that you were going to meet those guys on the street that sold the fake Rolexes. Right. And you're like, I'm going to have a really fancy looking watch. But I'm going to get it for like 10 bucks and no one's going to be able to tell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, yeah. the, the Folex. That's right. Me, fifth grader in a Rolex. That's right. There you go. So guys, Vincero is working with us right now. They're giving 15% off for popcorn culture listeners. Go to vincerowatches.com slash popcorn. There is no uh, promo code needed. And the watches are just truly spectacular. They're very reasonably priced. I mean, I literally, I wear one on my wrist every single day. And I would say the biggest thing that I love about it is the glass that they use is this like special glass so that it doesn't scratch they never scratch do you know what i really like about my vincero watches is that i do not have to charge them or update them or anything like that like i have had with my present watch problems there you go yeah, yeah. so it's it's absolutely perfect really gorgeous looking watches there's a huge selection for both men and women if you'd like to check it out you can go to vincerowatches.com popcorn for 15 percent off your entire order and now back to the pop Okay, so one thing that I want to talk to you about today, because this is this comes up all the time, like I, I, I at least in my world of searching the internet, is this this like people who police forums. Um, so are you like a member of any forums, like where you you go online and like everybody there is all into like Pokemon Go or something like that? Oh uh, yeah, I mean yeah, I know I know what forums are. Yeah, no, uh, I know, <laughs> but like, are you a part of one? I have at times in my life been parts of one that I would check them regularly. Okay, and stuff I know when uh mario kart came out on the wii i was big on the mario kart forums no in way college. yeah okay yeah. okay anyway when i was in college i was big into uh, aquarium forums and I would, sure. I would check out all those show off threads where people be you know right out. displaying all their latest chalices and yeah acropora um but one of the things that i feel like happens to me so frequently as an adult is i will be searching for the answer to like a question of something that uh like i just i don't speak the language of how to you know repair a computer thing or like for like diablo i do a whole bunch of like what's the best barbarian build and mm-hmm. then, you know you get on there and so i've got like a lot of like former experience with forums and i remember this behavior then but i discover it all the time when i search a question that must be searchable enough that the search engine delivers a forum post as the top result Uh, does that make sense i know it totally makes sense this happens to me all the time when i'm trying to find this is this exact thing i feel like is what makes solving like it issues or technology issues yourself impossible oh sure 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 sure. because like when you search like how to get my canon xp870 printer to work right like the search result that will come up is someone who asked about the canon xp970 and it could be about it could be about the same thing but it's just like the answers will always be from people that are like oh have you tried resetting 
the drivers, it might you might have to go into the coat, and it's like people are getting way too technical, way too fast. It's oh like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, right? It's because like, what you've done is you've walked into a room of people who it's like all decided they all know what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. So there, there's something to be said for that because if you're an active member of that forum, then you know what all these words mean. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But it, it's no, you don't because if you knew all that stuff, you wouldn't have to ask the question. Oh well, that's right. Fair. This is the problem is that the people asking the question are getting answers that are way too detailed and they're not right they're never it's never the solve oh sure it's never sure. the solve it's always like here's a thousand technical problems or solutions for this thing that is actually just oh, have you tried restarting it and installing the new software it's like right. yeah it's like oh that worked yeah or whatever it's like maybe you should try installing these third-party things and do this and this and this and this and it's like oh my gosh oh there, you know? there's nothing worse though than than when you ask a question and then one person gives you like what feels like a pretty thoughtful answer and then immediately below it somebody quote responds to it and they're like this guy has no idea what they're talking about never do this and you're like man i was i was really on board with that guy's plan right. you know now i don't know like you know he seemed like he knew what he was talking about but then this guy's telling me that he that other dude didn't know what he was talking about so who do i believe right this okay. is getting a little awkward. <laughs> I'm going to try the first thing. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see. But so the the thing that I've run into is that very frequently I will search a question. Uh, the algorithm gods have made it so that this forum post was the top response. And almost always, I feel like this happens nearly without fail. And maybe this almost answers your question too. But there's a person who will come on who have asked perfectly. Like I couldn't even think of how to phrase the question. Mm -hmm. And they did it just right. It's like, yeah, you're, me and you. We're together in this. Like, I know that's a, that's what I'm dealing with too. Uh, you did such a good job raising it. And certainly other people have thought so too, because the algorithm gods made this be the top result, which means that I'm here. Yeah. And then the very first response to it is like, you know, it's going to be something along the lines of someone being like, um, this actually belongs in our Uber Smiter guide thread. <laughs> if you had just searched over there, you would have found the answer to the question. Oh, and, oh, oh, and oh. it's like, it's like, yeah, but friend, friend who's directing people where to go this guy's question apparently is how everybody else was phrasing it and this is where everybody else ended up and so it's like maybe he should have posted it there per like the forums organizational like mm. guidelines and stuff but we're all here so can somebody just answer the question here right because this is where we've ended up. And that's the thing is that chances are the person who asked the question was so new to the forum that they don't understand what the organizational guidelines. They didn't read all the post-its, all, the, all post the stickies all the sti on. Who the reads the stickies? I know, right? You should. You should. Yeah, I mean, it's useful information. And I totally understand. Like, I think this is one of those things where if you're inside of that group and you see somebody who's posting something, it's so glaringly wrong if you've spent an enormous amount of time in that in space. In the forum. Like, and yeah. you understand how it works and all comes together. But then it, for me, as someone who has absolutely no plan of joining this forum on how to lay concrete. Right. You know, like, like I'm not going to sign up and give you my email address so I get emails from, from Concrete R Us, the forum. Like, you know, I, I don't want that. What I want is the answer to the question that the OP asked. Right. And now I'm left confuzzled. Yeah. Confuzzled. Because, yeah, so you're going to have the one person being like, um, this was supposed to be in this other forum location. And then the next person's going to give you a very thoughtful response. And then the next person's going to quote that person's response and be like oh this guy has no idea what he's talking about and all that happens is i'm left confused and the person who asked the original question got me like they understood it right <sighs> well, yeah. well, they didn't understand it in the same way that i didn't understand exactly it. yes oh, I, just I know exactly five. yeah these this this forum police that is it's i guess if you're like a long-term member of said forum you probably appreciate this sort of thing right 
but gosh, if you're the person who's new or you just want to know the answer, or sometimes even it's like, oh, oh, if you'd searched over here, you would have found the answer. It's like, yeah, maybe. Sometimes if you go and like actually search, oh, like, even if you are an active member and you are like, oh, sorry, you're right. I should have checked there. Like, good luck finding it anyway. Oh, forum you know search I mean? sucks. Yes, forum and, search, not good. And chances are, chances are what you're going to find is a whole bunch of other threads that left got left unanswered because it was everybody else asking the question that apparently has been answered somewhere. Right, exactly. It's like, yeah, if you looked over here, that question's already been answered, but it's also been asked a hundred times. Good luck finding the one with the correct answer. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. It's, yeah. it, forums can be so, so incredibly useful, and I do think that hobbies are, um, like, they, they get so much development from that collaboration from people who are that into it. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even tell you the number of things that I know about aquariums that I only know because of the amount of time I've spent in the Reef to Reef forum. Of course. But still, ugh. when you're an outsider and you feel like these people all know what they're talking about, the other thing is that I'm always so appreciative that somebody took the time to sign up for Concrete R Us, specifically to post their first ever post, yeah. which was that post. And then like, you have to imagine how it would feel like showing up to your first day of school and somebody like being mean to you right away, yeah. which is what it must feel like to like ask a completely honest and innocent question and then have somebody show up and be like, this is in the wrong spot. It's like, yeah. oh man, I really uh. have not put my best <laughs> foot forward. <laughs> Really tried, really tried, guys. Uh, so Man. now, now I have to know from everybody out there, all the little kernels listening. What do, what is your experience like with forums? Because for one, I would be curious to know what forums people are particularly into. Like I was into like Reef to Reef, which is yeah. probably the biggest aquarium-based forum that, mm -hmm. that I'm aware of. That and Reef Central, but I feel like Reef Central's kind of gone down. You know, Reef to Reef really like right. They pulled it up. They pulled it up. Viewing all the uh, uh, aquarium yeah. forums out there. They, they have great, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what the pop turned into is a review of. A, of reef aquarium forums that's right <laughs> but no i want to know what forums are you a part of and where like what is your stance on this because i could also see people who are much more organized like this really grading them mm. that people did post something in the area where it's not like supposed to be do you know the other i think common forum forum offense not offense mm. pattern perhaps is the better word is where people will post something like maybe they're posting their aquarium build and like asking for critiques yes yes is that a thing oh yeah for yeah. sure people people will post on forums asking for critiques or advice and no matter what the advice is people will be like well actually i do it this way because of this so i don't think i'm going to do that oh right, right, you know, right. yeah like, yeah it's, it's like, like you asked for critiques and then people gave you critiques and now and, you yeah and now you're getting it. really defensive right right yeah. right yeah like, i disagree or whatever yeah so, yeah yeah that that i find is a, another another common forum pitfall oh for sure people fall the, into the other thing is that like forum posts can just get hijacked so quickly where people just like get into arguments with one another oh right and it's like, like you wow. came back like well i've got 13 responses to my question this is amazing. <laughs> He's like, no, no. It's just these two guys arguing. Yeah. Like, you're not even talking about concrete, man. <laughs> no, come on. It's like, oh, man. No, the, <laughs> on top of that, chances are if somebody posted helpful pictures, they like they posted helpful pictures like back in 2007 with like images that they dropped in from Photo Bucket. You remember that like webpage where you could upload photos? Yeah, yeah, of and, course. <laughs> right? Naturally. You're going to link to it in your away message. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check, check out my Photo Bucket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but the, uh, all the photo 
bucket links are like broken because people never continue their subscriptions. So it's like, oh, I see. They're like, this picture is what helped me really understand how to lay concrete. And it's like, it's this link is broken. It's like, no, <laughs> the answer's right there. Oh no. Uh, if, this, if this guy had only continued his $1.99 for unlimited plan photo bucket what, account. What concrete problems are you having that you've read so much? <laughs> it sounds like you should sign up for the account. Maybe I should. Maybe you should. <laughs> it's like, what, what, I want to see the, the sidewalk you're building or whatever. That's what the, are you building? That's the Your thing. gym? My gym. My gym, yeah. Your because gym. it can't be an attic. And gym. all you're trying to pour is a, just a single flat square of concrete a single flat square it of seems concrete. like this should be the most basic thing you could pour <laughs> doesn't it feel that way it does. doesn't it feel okay so there are so many different ways and thoughts and considerations like some, some people just put their form right on the ground right they don't even dig the earth out from underneath okay they're just filling in the space on top of flat earth okay right but then other people they excavate a little bit and then they add gravel down below and then they so put you can, like tamper it down so you can tamper it down yeah yeah and then you can put rebar on top of that mm. which is you like to put like the two by fours on the side so you get a nice flat that's the that's the form yeah yeah, yeah oh, that's, that's the, the form, form. Okay. yeah yep so you would but like you know some people like to like lube their two by fours with like motor oil so that like it releases more easily you oh know? i see right you know but like, like <laughs> Do I do that or no? Because that guy, apparently, according to this other guy, says he has no idea what he's talking about. And so then... <laughs> that was the discrepancy? <laughs> Is whether or not you should... <laughs> whether or not you rub should... motor oil on your two-by-fours so it's easier to lift out of your freshly poured concrete. <laughs> These are my woes. I don't understand why you're laughing. <laughs> This is a real problem, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. You're like how it's like if you were setting up, like you know, I don't know. It, it does feel like the sort of thing where you don't know when you're talking to some. You're you're so novice to the hobby that you don't know if you're talking. Concrete lane. <laughs> you don't know if you're talking to someone who is like really really deep into the hobby. Right. This is like or and they're like trying to give you level. 25 tips would what you really need is like concrete for dummies <laughs> you know a, what i need is just someone who i can ask basic questions to and give me basic answers like yeah you know they're the like so many people will be like oh if you're doing like a 12 by 12 pad for a shed you're gonna need like a cubic yard and i'm like what <laughs> What's well, a cubic yard? And then, then there's like considerations like how much do you think it would cost to have a cement truck pull up at your house? Right. To fill what you have no idea whether like is a 12 by 12 pad a big pad or a small pad? <laughs> yeah, can you just buy that couple bags at Lowe's? Or yeah, are you calling a guy with a truck? Right. So my, my conclusion so far is that it's not nearly enough. You would need like 10 cubic yards for a cement truck to show up. Yeah. I think. Um, okay. Which would cost not even that much money. I think it's like, huh. like maybe again here. I think I'm understanding correctly. Like between a hundred and two hundred dollars. I remember at our childhood home, we had a sandbox in the backyard. Yeah. And it feels like if I was an adult, if I was trying to fill up a sandbox for my kids, I'd just go buy some bags of sand. But if I recall, our dad would have a dump truck. I think that is what he did. And he, he did. would dump sand like. 
Oh, okay. Like a whole a whole load of sand, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's that's what I do for mulch. Like I have like a, a guy show up and he'll like dump a, a whole load of mulch in my driveway. Yeah. And then I'll just go and like wheelbarrow it around. Mm -hmm. Okay. But so the thing is that now what what I've ultimately determined is that one, I just need to get concrete bags because I don't have enough for a cement truck to yeah. pull up at my house. And but then I need 71 80 pound bags. You need what? That's how much concrete you need? That's how much I need. You need Sorry, 71 80 pound bags. 71 80 pound bags. How how could you possibly need that much? But that's the thing. That's what I thought too. I was like, well, I mean like maybe seven, eight. Like <laughs> this is so much. My, my, what are you building? A 12 by 12 pad for my gym. <laughs> That seems like it's way too much, but it also seems like the kind of thing where if you mess it up, you're gonna have a really heavy problem. <laughs> Like, so heavy. <laughs> what is 70 times 80? 506. No, 5,600. 560 is not right. Yeah, you're going to have uh, a two and a half ton problem. Right. So, so you that, better not mess up. You know, you better not mess up. But so then my issue is that they won't deliver the concrete to my house because I don't know, they don't. And on top of that, the payload of my truck, which is like, you know, the next thing you have to go figure out, like, what is the payload of a Toyota Chandra? Which is like how much weight it can carry in the truck bed. Ben, you know what you actually need to do? What? Is you need to just hire someone else to come lay the concrete. I know. I called someone yesterday. Oh, there it is. I, I, there but, it is. but I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet because it feels like it's too expensive. No, Ben do it. Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. Pull the, here's the thing. Okay. Let me circle back to my lawnmower. We'll come full circle. Okay. We're coming right, full circle. My non-working lawnmower. If there's anyone still listening. <laughs> still listening. <laughs> Let me tell you what my solution was, was to hire someone else to mow the yard. Really? Yeah. Who'd you hire? I just, I don't know. Some guy who left the door hanger on my door is like, oh, you know, which I, which I've never appreciated before, but I was like, it was very reasonably priced and comes by once a week. And it has been like mind blowing to me. Like what a relief it was. Cause to me, there was always this like, no, like I should mow my own yard. That's like, it's like a real, like, you know, upkeep of the house. That's the, that's the dad's job. That's part of what you do. You, you're in charge of the yard. <laughs> you take pride in the yard. Yeah. You take pride in the yard. You, you cut the grass, you know, whatever. But oh my gosh, this has been such a decision because one, I don't have to deal with the headache. Sure. of either repairing my lawnmower or buying a new one. Okay. Right. Um, and it, the lawnmower I have is not like self-propelled because my old house, I didn't really need that kind of power. I could just push it. It wasn't a very big yard, new yard, much bigger. So it would take me, I don't know, just given the space of my yard versus the path my lawnmower could carve, probably take me two, two and a half hours to mow the whole thing. That's a long time. It's a long time. It's not self-propelled. There's lots of hills. Meanwhile, I paid this guy. He comes to my house once a week. He's done in like 30 minutes because he's got one of those like go-kart lawnmower things. <laughs> yeah, the best. They, it is awesome. First of all, it's so cool looking. But it, it's not just that he can do it faster. It's that he's way better at it than Oh, me. that's the you thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just that I save the time and don't have to deal with the lawnmower. It's that this guy does it so much faster and he's better at lo mowing the lawn than me. And his lawnmower is better at like, you know, his lawnmower is better. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He's like, he... I bet he's on lawnmower forums, you know? Did you go on a lawnmower forum and try not to figure at out? All. No, okay. No, okay. no, not at all. You probably would have posted in the wrong area anyway. Well, no. So this is the problem. I, I did look up YouTube videos like, like, oh, your lawnmower won't start after the winter. And it's like, try these things and it, <laughs> whatever. But it'll be like, use this tool that you don't have to pull this thing out. Check this. If that's okay, do this. Then you're going to want to check the spark plug. And it's, it's like, it's... 
they're like explaining it and they look very nice and easy, but it's like, this is way more involved than I have the capacity to be. But I, I'm so, but like, I can't even tell you, it takes this guy 30 minutes, the whole lawn is mowed. It looks better than it would if I had would have done it myself. And he does like the weed eating and like blows it all off with the leaf blower and stuff, you know? It's like the, the cost it's gonna cost me to have this guy do this for 10 weeks, you know, for the summer or whatever is the same as it would cost to just buy a new mower. And even if I buy the new mower, it's gonna take me two hours a week to mow the yard. And I don't even have the tools. I don't have a leaf blower, you right, know? Right, right, it's right. like, this is, this is, there's so, no reason for me to do it. So you're telling me that yeah. it's worth not having to deal with Concrete R Us. <laughs> it is worth not having to deal with it. It's 100% not worth having a 5,600 pound slab Pro of concrete that suddenly is, oh, it's, it's, it's not level. It's three degrees off. And See, I know. You know what I mean? When am I going to learn, Jay? When am I going to learn? Never, Ben. Never. You're never going to learn. <laughs> so this you is... Don't, here's, I will You're go to my grave learn. not knowing how to pour a 12 by 12. Exactly. You don't need to know. But Jay, the 12 by 12 is the easiest, they say. <laughs> I'm kidding. They don't say that. <laughs> what about a one by one? Uh, <laughs> probably sounds takes, about 12 like, times easier. Like 14 bags for yeah. a one by one? Yeah. <laughs> is that ratio correct? Can't be. Can't be. But here's the thing. You don't need to know how to lay concrete. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to close with one final thought here because the entire thing that you've just described is interesting to me for a couple of reasons, especially the part about fixing your lawnmower because I have been trying to solve a Rubik's Cube oh. the whole time. I've been in quarantine. Have you looked up how to do it? For sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So like I would be surprised and I'm maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I would be surprised if there are people out there that could just pick it up and fiddle with it until they got it. Oh, I, right. I don't, like I don't, pursuit of happiness. <laughs> I don't think that that's, I don't think that's how it works for most people. I'm, maybe someone it does, but so I've been watching lots of videos, but I've had the exact same thing as what you just described sort of with this idea of like, well, I don't know what the, you know, like what the carburetor is and I don't have that specialty tool to take it off. And where am I supposed to get the replacement spark, spark plug? They probably don't even make those anymore. Like you're being introduced to so many unknowns yeah. that you're, you're, that's like, <laughs> you're so unwilling to embrace like th the scenario in which you understand all of those words, right? which is exactly how I felt with the Rubik's cube where I'm like, I'm like watching it and, and I'm sort of thinking, and maybe I've underestimated the Rubik's cube a little bit. Cause it seems like plenty of people know how to do it. Uh, maybe I'm overestimating my own intelligence, <laughs> another possibility, but as I'm going through it, you get to a point where it's like, it's, it's slow and cumbersome and you sort of have to like learn some rules and understand that like, mm. you know, this is what this does. And an edge piece is different from a corner piece and the centers don't move. And like, there are certain like truths yeah. about a Rubik's cube, but then you get to the point where you've solved the top layer is all yellow. The bottom layer is all white. And then the bottom two rows are all matched. Okay. And then it gets hard. Oh, okay. And, and then you mess it up. Well, and then, and then you potentially mess it up. But this is, this has been the thing with me and the Rubik's cube is you get to this point and all of a sudden you're like, you're watching and you're and you're following along and you're able to do it. And like, you mess up a couple times and have to like restart the video and go through it again. But like, you get to this point where they're like, okay, now you have to learn algorithms. And it's like, all of a sudden after all of these like sort of easy, um, uh, what would be the right way to describe it? Like circumstantial based situations you may run into where it's like, oh, if the white, you know, uh, if your white sticker is in the top left corner, you do like a left trigger, you right. know, it's like, that's pretty easy to know. And the left trigger is like this, 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 and then you've completed the, that, that move. Um, you get to the, like to this final part and it's like, okay. 
Now you need to learn one of seven different algorithms based on what the yellow configuration is on top of your cube. Right. And like the algorithms are not like, you know, one, two, three, move. It's like you have letters that represent each of the different faces of the cube. They can be prime or regular, which means you go counterclockwise or regular. And it's like in the moment, like when our little brother can do it, like solve a Rubik's cube right before your eyes. And I'm like, are you memorizing like fur earth? Which right. is the easiest like is, one to memorize. Is it's this, like, it's like, is that what you did? Exactly. Like, right. Exactly. And so literally like one of the <clears throat> questions I Googled was like, are people literally learning Rubik's Cube algorithms? Right. Like, or did I just watch a video that th- that's the way that they teach how to do it? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sitting there like wrapping my head around it. It's the type of thing where the first time I tried it, I had to put the cube down and be like, I'm never going to do this. Right. Like, that is, that is too far. I'm not going to understand what a carburetor is. Right. Like, and that's exactly how I felt about it. And as I keep going back and picking it up over and over again, I'm like, I'm like going through it. I'm thinking, about Tyler our little brother and I'm like when he was like 15 and so annoying in high school like was it did he sit in his room and was he that smart like did he figure it out and I'm like watching videos and stuff I know yeah 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 of course but even watching the videos is not Mm. easy and so I'm like retroactively I feel like I I did a disservice to our little brother Tyler and did not give him enough credit for what I now know to be something that feels rather complicated Uh, this was this you're describing a very uh, my my entry into the world of um breeding perfect Pokemon. Oh, this is or so the thing. Yeah. Like when you if you think you understand like Pokemon and stats and stuff. I don't like I you don't even a little. Yeah, I can't if even you, name them. Yeah, right. I mean, if you think Pokemon is as simple as oh, grass beats, water beats, fire beats, grass. It's just rock, paper, scissors. It's like, oh, oh, you child. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember thinking once about it, I was like, you know what I'm going to do this time? I'm going to go to the mart and buy all the vitamins and I'm going to just pump my Pokemon up and they're going to be so much better. And it was like, mm, no, that's not. That's not it. That's like, hey, it's like, that's a good way to get like a quarter of the way there. <laughs> Hysterical. It's like, yeah, what you're going to want to do is catch, uh, you're going to want to go to this particular patch you're going to want to catch dittos until you've gotten certain ones that have these perfect stats and then you can use those dittos to breed those stats onto your different pokemon because they can breed with anything and if they're holding this item they'll always pass down five of their six stats so what you want to do is roll the dice enough times that you get the three perfect ones onto the one you want and then you're going to switch out the different ditto and do the roll again until you get the five out of six and it's just like oh my gosh right. and that's and just to get the you know and so you're sitting there wondering like People don't actually do this. Right. People don't actually like, do this. Like, that's, on, yeah. that's too far. Right. You're like, but then you go like online, you'll see people doing like competitive battling and they'll be like, yeah, so this is like my, my, my perfect ride on and he's got these stats and you know, it's like they clearly have maxed out the thing and you're like, did you, did you go through and you're like, learn like, like, did, did you go through and actually breed this thing and breed like 40 Rhyhorns? until you got the perfect stats. And then you went through and did all these effort value things. And you also bred a specific move that can only be found on this Pokemon down through these lines. So it was on this, like, did you actually, you did that? Right. To get this, for this? Like, I know, it it feels like, it's like maybe you just underestimate, you underestimate the level of commitment that people have put into the things that they are like that into. Yeah. And, and yeah, so. Yeah, so. The thing is, I have done this thing now. Like many, I've, I have, I have 
a good group of like very perfect Pokemon. Right. That have been like like the first one I ever tried to do was a Weezing, and it wanted this move called Pain Split, and it was like I, I should have started with something way easier. But the only way to get it was to have this one particular Pokemon breed with a second Pokemon, and then you had to get that one over to Weezing. But you had to like bring it. I you couldn't catch that Pokemon in the game I wanted, or it didn't learn it in that generation. Like you had to get this Pokemon in a past generation, and then transfer it to your game where it happened to have the move, and then breed it with the thing, and then give it to the Weezing. It was like it was this, this giant puzzle. Right. You know? Okay. Okay. So I feel like I feel like there's some type of like like word or phrase that we can apply to this this kind of situation, and mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm I'm like leaning towards some type of like iceberg analogy where it's like you like the you understand the iceberg of Pokemon, right? Like like everybody only ever sees the tip, but you know what the rest of the iceberg looks right, like, right? And <laughs> oh, I, you're right. Yeah, this is an it's an iceberg. It's an iceberg. Yes, iceberg phenomenons. There's got to be a thing for it. Mm, we do need a good phrase. Yeah, I'm also incredibly curious now to know what the little kernels of of the listening ship might know or might have had this experience with like yeah. what do you know that much more about yes. like where everybody thinks they know but, but you know but you know right you know yeah um so be sure to send any kind of feedback that you might have to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Also need to give a uh, hearty little plug to our Patreon. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode, we we determined that host Ben is still winning. Indeed. Um, over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash popcornculture, you can vote for who is the, 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 the one true host of the show. We have three categories, no host, J host, or Ben host. Yes. And let me just say, I feel like we, we've been doing this, this or that. We did, we've we been doing a bunch of like Instagram meme things that yes. people can like do. We did a this or that and we, we put up things like, you know, oh, Honor or Elsa or Iron Man or Cap and we slipped in J-Host and Ben-Host. So slipped right in. <laughs> Just slipped right in. Oh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll see. Man, people, there was if there was one thing people refused to vote on, it was J-Host or Ben-Host. It's so true. Everyone it's, would circle both and I was like, oh, you sly dogs. I loved it. People were, yeah, I, I, a couple people were like, nice try, guys. And I was like, nice oh, try. that's so perfect. Uh, uh, <laughs> you saw okay. straight through us. Saw straight through us. Um, Trying to sneak it through there. But, as long as we're talking about the Patreon, we're also going to be uh, adding a new perk to it, still at that same $5 level, so it, that's the only level we have over there, but we're going to have a short episode called After the Final Pop, Oh yeah. Uh, where we are going to uh, basically have a little bit of bonus extra content, so if you are a patron, you will have a specific place that you can ask questions, and that's what we're going to be discussing in that little short right, episode. Right, we'll just answer patron questions in After the Final Pop, which will be posted exclusively on Patreon. Nice. Wait a minute. Yeah, go. you really summed that up nicely. Thank you. Otherwise, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Pop. Until next time. Pop, pop! Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.